0: This is the Reclaiming Families podcast.
1: It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality.
0: So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of Reclaiming Families. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reclaiming Families. We are at the beginning of a pro-life series. Um, If you listened to our last week's episode, we gave a little bit of perspective, and then this week we are getting into the first of some of our interviews with people that are working within the pro-life movement, so we're excited about that. But before we get started with that, we do want to remind you that we're on social media. We really haven't been doing a good job of keeping up our social media, but we're about to start back up on that. So you can follow us on Facebook or um, Instagram at Reclaiming Families. You can also check out our website, reclaimingfamilies.org. But without further ado, we would like to welcome our first guest in the Pro-Life series we have going on.
1: We've got a special guest. We've got Andrew Wood. He's the executive director of Hope Resource Center in Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, we're going to learn a little bit about Hope Resource and about Andrew and Um, got some good questions. And so, um, yeah, I guess without further ado, Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Yeah.
2: Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about the work that we do at Hope and, uh, and yeah, so glad, glad to be here. Glad to join you.
0: So Andrew, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Let us get to know you a little bit.
2: Sure. I'm a, um, I'm a dad to four kids, uh, I always say I'm a husband to one. Why? But, uh, but yeah, my, I have, I have four children. My my oldest is 11. He's a boy. And then we forgot how to make boys. And so we had three girls after him <laughs> and, uh, every two years. And so we have an 11 year old, a nine year old, uh, six year old, she'll be, she'll be seven in, in December. And then we have a four year old. That'll be five in January. Uh, and then, so it's Gavin, Summer, Evelyn, Charlie and then my wife Erin we, we moved to Knoxville in 2008 from uh, we born and raised Tennessee uh, but grew up in middle Tennessee and then moved to Knoxville in 2008 uh, I worked I worked in politics I have a political science degree um, which means nothing but uh, <laughs> except I can argue and debate well and uh, and so I worked in politics in Nashville then we moved to Knoxville in 2008 uh, my wife worked got a Uh, job at the vet school uh she's a vet tech or an animal nurse uh, is the best way to explain that and then I worked at the University of Tennessee as well up until 2015 and then in 2015 uh around that time a couple years before then I also became a kids pastor uh at a church in Fountain City and just the Lord was convicting us of our our pro-life stance and Mm -hmm. uh and so that's how we got connected to, to Hope Resource Center. I just simply googled pregnancy center in Knoxville, and uh, came across Hope and, and started going there once a week uh, to pray. And then the rest is, as I say, history. And so, um, I, you know, as far as you know, we live it. We live in Carnes. We love Knoxville. I am uh, unapologetically pro Tennessee in every shape, form, and fashion. The tourism folks should hire me. Um, <laughs> I I love this state with, with everything that I have and we love calling it home. And, and, uh, we also have, let's see, we have, we have three dogs, two cats, a pig, 13 chickens. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're making our, our mark in in Knoxville. We homeschool. I drive a church van. I mean, we are fully committed to this pro-life, uh, pro-life. You're living Randy's
0: dream life, especially (laughs) with the, uh, the chickens and the, the pigs and all that. (laughs) So. Yeah, there's
2: there's a the pig was something we weren't expecting. All, all of our animal, animals are rescued. You know, when your wife works at a vet, you kind of end up with a lot of animals. Now, did I ever think a pig would need rescuing? Uh, no, that is the answer. But here we are. Now, you know, what did Hamlet the pig need a,
0: rescuing from? I'm curious, like he, breakfast he was a, or. He,
2: well, I mean, one one could argue. My dad still, you know, my dad is a dairy farmer, and so he still wonders why we have a pig that we're not going to eat. But, uh, but the the Hamlet was a domesticated pig. <laughs> a pig. Uh, he's a pot belly pig, and, oh uh, and he would just he was in a terrible uh, life situation, and so um, just you know somebody was mistreating him, and uh, we ended up with him. He actually came from out of state. Um, and and now he's living as they say high on the hog he yeah, is doing right. uh he, he's living his best life uh is he grazes all day long eats scraps and uh has probably put on 150 pounds since we since we've had it so, that's awesome uh, that's funny he's uh he's a lot of fun the family the family enjoys him and uh, the i love corn's facebook group they enjoy him so <laughs> uh it, it makes for a fun time
1: that's right mm-hmm. i uh actually it's funny man i i don't want to talk about this pig too much but uh <laughs> my my car my nana she had a pot belly pig too for a pet and i was so blown away like i could always put my head on that pig and it was just like a dog i mean it was uh he's was a, uh good he, pet. you know in,
2: in the colder months he does sleep in the house <laughs> um which you know sounds ridiculous but you know such as such as life at the Woodhouse. but uh, but for the most part, he stays, um, he stays around outside and the neighbors love him too. So it, it's not a huge deal. Our, one of our neighbors has like 15 acres. And so he kind of grazes over there, and wanders back to our side. Then our other neighbor feeds him apples. And so uh, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully he's well liked. Uh, but, cool. uh, but yeah, in the colder months, he can get a little, uh, a little bit of a, an attitude. And so we bring him in and let him, let him warm up at night.
1: That's yeah, funny. It's, it's, yeah, very funny. So tell us about, um, you started to tell us kind of how you got involved with Hope Resource, um, going to pray. But um,
0: So it sounds like Hope Resource Center had been, which I'm from Knoxville, went away and came back. And I remember Hope coming to our school in high school and doing like a just sure. wait thing. And um, so it sounds like from, it's been going on a long time before, I guess it was, did you say 2015 when you got involved?
2: yeah so hope has been around since 1997 so we're 25 years old this year um yeah and and for me you know because of my political background my pro-life uh, i guess my pro-lifeness was based in the politics uh you know i, I de- i've debated that issue man i mean I, I remember there was a time i was a junior or senior in high school and a friend of mine at the moment uh came and got me out of class because her sister was thinking about going to get an abortion uh you know so this has been pro-life issues have, have been uh part of my life for a long time and then when I got to to college I mean it was just no holds bar I mean I was there to argue and, and debate with anybody and everybody my first paper was about abortion uh but it was always bent on the political side of things and, and why you should vote and you know a certain way and why we need supreme court to look a certain way and uh and and like I said the Lord just really convicted me on that that that, you know voting and those things are important bumper sticker activism is important uh but it doesn't oftentimes it doesn't move the ball down the field and so uh for us it was you know when I googled and just kind of I knew there would be a pregnancy center in Knoxville uh because of the size of Knoxville there was a pregnancy center in my hometown uh, and, and I grew up in a very small town in middle Tennessee and so Uh, When I came across Hope and then I saw the scope of what they did, I thought this is exactly where we need to partner up. And so, like I said, I would go there once a week and pray. And then uh, my small group, I was leading a young married uh, small group at the time. We would get stuff together for the staff or for baby showers. Um, And then from there, it just, you know, I really felt a sense of like, okay, this is like rolling your sleeves up, loving your neighbor well, serving well. And, and not just saying I'm pro-life and, and giving it lip service, but actually rolling your sleeves up and and, and getting after it. And so uh, loving people's hearts, shouting on social media is easy. And mm, yeah. and so that's where that's where we were we were at. And then I was sitting at my desk at the University of Tennessee, and just because I was on the email list uh, for Hope, they sent me an email along with you know hundreds of other people hey, we're looking for an executive director. If you know of anyone that would be interested, let us know. And at that time, I was 30. Uh, We had, I don't think we'd had our third child yet. Um, And I just couldn't shake it. I I was like, I don't know. You know, I don't know a lot of dudes that work in pregnancy center, but but I I just feel like I I have something to offer uh, to the work that they're doing. And and I remember coming home and talking to my wife about it. And she kind of was like me, hey, you got a stable job, you, you know uh, why would you rock the boat now? You're also by vocational kids pastor. Like, are, are we sure this is what you want to do? And I was like, I just, I can't seem to shake it, you know? And, and so continue to pray about it. And then we decided to put my name in the hat. Uh, and you know, the interviews went well. And then when they offered me the job, I remember coming home and, uh, sitting down with my wife and saying, you know, if, if I take, if, if I don't take this job one day, our kids are, you know, we pray will ask us what were you doing while three thousand babies were being aborted a day? Hmm. And I said, Right now, my answer is I voted and I put a sticker on my vehicle. And and I that doesn't sit well with me. Uh again, that that was me. That was my conviction in that moment. And I said, if I take this job, you know, we can we can look our kids in the eye and say, you know, we got up every day to not only see that that abortion would be ended but but see that women and men in our community that were facing unplanned pregnancies would would be served well provided for um and so that's what we do and 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 the beautiful thing about the work of hope and then obviously uh you know uh, they, they ended up hiring me and, and it it's been such a blessing for me personally to, to work with the staff there at, at hope and the volunteers and the board but but the beautiful thing about the work of, at hope is it's pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, STD testing and treatment, well woman care. So we do annual exams for females. Uh, we offer parenting education for first time moms. We do mentoring, discipling of those first time moms. And then once they complete that, they, they receive a baby shower. So we do about 80 baby showers a year, uh, brand new items, pack and play, uh, strollers, car seats, uh, everything they're really gonna need for the first six months And those car seats grow with the child on into toddler years. Um, and then we do postpartum sit downs and classes. we we do we we started a dad's class this year where we're uh, meeting with prospective dads and and that's just been um, that especially has just been amazing to to watch uh, the interaction with with some of our volunteers uh, and these prospective dads that just haven't had the uh, the model laid out for them. They didn't have anybody to look at. Um, and what does it look like to be a dad? What does it look like to be a good boyfriend or a good husband? Um, and so we're doing that and we're not watering it down. I mean, I, I challenge those dudes every single month. Uh, I encourage them, but I, I don't uh, tiptoe around what we've been called to do as men, as culture is kind of saying men are, uh, are not even a thing and women aren't a thing. And we don't have any definitions for these. We We, we don't uh, adhere to what the culture would say. We are calling these men to be the men that they need to be, mm. to be the dads that they need to be, and yeah. and to, uh, you know, one thing that I'm pointing out to them is the reality is you're going to be a a hero, a villain, or a ghost. Mm. And obviously, we want to be the hero, uh, but you could be the villain or you could be the ghost that's just never around. And and what you know, a lot of times we say that that your your impact as a dad can change generations. Yeah, that's for good and for bad. And so you're either going to engage and and change the trajectory for your family forever, or you're going to disengage and still that you're going to affect the generations to come. And so we want to call them to something greater. And it's been a beautiful thing to watch those guys come together and and ask good questions. You know, we have them putting diapers on baby dolls and swaddling (laughs) baby dolls and, and trying to figure opening up a pack and play and breaking. If you've ever broke down a pack and play, it's like, the worst. And so uh, walking them through that process and and really trying to equip them. Uh, and, and all of those services that we provide are at no cost to the patient, no cost to insurance companies, no cost to the taxpayer. Um, and, and we're able to do that through church partnerships and individual partnerships that we have,
1: uh, hope that's so cool. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, yeah. And so we want to get into, uh, like you just covered most all the, the services, Uh, but I I did have some questions about some. So the ones with the dads, is that that like how to discipline and raise children or is it how to take care of children? Or uh, what's kind of like the... uh... Yeah,
2: the answer is yes, all of the above. Above? I mean, we are... What we we try to do with them is, uh, you know, because they're wired a little bit different, you know, when we were... When you look at any of the data, any of the studies that are out there... uh, that, that we've seen when you ask a young, uh, a young woman that's facing an unplanned pregnancy, who is the most influential person in your life in the decision that you're gonna make, whether you're gonna keep the baby, choose adoption uh, or, or have an abortion. And you know, it's gonna be over 70%, close to 80% say, uh, the man that that is whether it's a good relationship, bad relationship, marriage or not. Hmm. Uh, the, the vast majority of them say the most influential person in that moment in time is the man. Now, culture would, wouldn't say that, but that's right. what the data shows. And And so what we were finding is we were like, well, we know that to be true, but we're doing very little to engage these guys. And hmm. uh, now some of that is because a lot of these guys don't want to be engaged and they're not they're not engaged in the process on the front end. So we don't ever see them. Uh, Some of that they're scared out of their mind and and guys tend to hold their emotions in. And so they don't want to admit that, Hey, I'm scared. And I don't know what to do. Uh, But what we, what we were finding over the last year, 18 months or so was, patients were coming to us and saying, "Uh, my boyfriend really needs to talk to somebody. My husband really needs to talk to somebody. So they were speaking on behalf. Of, of them and then we were able to engage them and so we're having those meetings uh once a month in different parts of our of our city uh and so we're having one of the one of the ones we had we had it at matlock tire we had it at a tire shop we talked about changing the tire checking the fluids in the car you know very basic stuff sure. that uh that my dad and my stepdad taught me but Uh, you know a lot of these guys haven't had anybody kind of walk in through that so we were able to bring their vehicles into the garage and we even checked their spare tire is your spare tire flat and and you know a very teachable moment one of the guys his spare tire was flatter than than everything and so we had a moment there putting the air in the spare tire and saying hey this is why these things are important you're about to be driving around with with your baby and you want to make sure that that it's safe you know get your brakes checked those type things uh, we've met at a real estate office where we talked about taking care of a home, whether you're leasing or, or owning. These are things you need to be prepared for and watching out for. Uh, we met at a financial advisor's office, and we talked about budgeting. And the one thing that we're kind of encouraging these these guys is whether you have a little or a lot, if you don't start budgeting on the front end, you're never going to budget on the, on the back end when you have a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're never going to be, you know, I heard a pastor say one time, Uh, you'll never be generous if you're not generous. And so sometimes people say, well, when I get a lot of money, that's when I'll be generous. No, you won't. If you're not generous with a little, you're not gonna be generous with a lot. So we walk them through budgeting from a biblical perspective. Um, And then, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're gonna sit down and and walk through resume building and uh, how to dress for an interview, how to, what type of questions may come up in a job interview. And then from that, we're just having, and encouraging relationships to just build. Um, I hate the phrase, but organically. Just we have volunteers in the in the room, guys in the room that are in different stages of life, but they're partnering with us, and they're uh, they're just building these relationships with these with these guys. And so we have we have some guys in there that don't have any kids, uh, but they wanna they wanna uh, mentor some of these guys. Then we have guys like me that have four from 4 to 11 and then we have a guy we had a guy in there last time that all his kids are gone he's got grandkids now so we're what we're trying to do is to have have guys in there that have seen all kinds of stages of life so that if a question pops up you know whether it be a hey i have a three-year-old in this or i have a nine-month-old or my baby just was born two weeks ago we're trying to encourage that and and the beautiful thing we have a couple guys that they looked at me last time like can we keep coming back i mean we've had the baby my baby's now nine months we're like yeah come on back you know we want to build this this community and oftentimes when we talk about the females we talk about the importance of community Uh, we tend to not do that with guys because you know guys are rugged and we don't we don't need relationships but what we're finding we've actually had some guys say i don't have any friends i just I mainly came so I can meet other dudes that are going through what I'm going through, and so it's been it's been cool to watch that unfold uh, because we need to engage them because if we're not speaking into their lives, uh, then the culture is or no one is,
1: yeah. and, and
2: so we want to call them to something greater, but we also want to we want them to be good dads, to be good good husbands and partners uh, as they're as they're raising their children uh, and prepare them for the things that that are coming
1: up. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I think it is just like you said. You know, it's a, it's a huge need. And, you know, I this one book I read was like, how do you pass your values down to your children? And and in it is a, you know, it's like a clinical book on some studies, and, and it just comes back to that uh, the most influential person on your children is dad. You know, in the home, mm-hmm. and uh, so like I've got more influence than my wife, and it's wild. It's like a, it's a privilege and uh, and a responsibility. The, you know, the well, the, the hold that position. The,
2: there's a great, there's a great country music theologian that says, uh, "Dad, I'm watching you." You know that great country song. Yeah, right. uh, the, the 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 point of that, obviously, is not a theologian. Uh, but the point of that is when I'm when I do wrong, when I do right. Like our kids are absorbing all of that. I saw a meme the other day, and it uh, uh, it had a picture of a, a parent with a child, uh, and they were reading a book. And then it had a picture of a parent with a child and they were on tablets. And the one on the tablet looked at the one with the book and said, how do you get your kid to read a book? And the premise was, well, they, they see me read a book. That's just yeah,
1: that's like right. your
2: kids on the tablet because they, they do what they see.
1: That's right. That's
2: right. Uh, and I thought, wow, that was convicting. But, but also what a very simple point that our kids are just paying attention The the, this past uh, we were watching the UT football game one day and, and it was a uh, you know, nerve wracking moment and I'm standing up and I'm pacing, I'm putting my hands on my head and, and <laughs> my hands in my pocket. And I, I look over and my 11 year old is mirroring everything I'm doing and not in a annoying, you know, how, how you know, sometimes you just annoy by copying. He was just naturally doing what dad did. That's what he was doing. That's and funny. so they're going to pick up on those things and, and we need to, uh, we need to encourage that, but we need to lean into, what that looks like. So we're even, you know, we're having conversations with them about uh, apologizing, you know, when you lose your cool, apologize to your kid, let them see you apologize, let them see you apologize to your, to your girl uh, so that they know, Hey, we're not always in the right. And it is okay to ask for forgiveness. It is okay to apologize. You know, I always, I love my dad and we have a great relationship, but that dude ain't apologized to me in my entire life. And so, you know, there's, there's a sense of like, we need to we need to admit when we're wrong uh, and they need to see that if we're going to set the example that's
0: good Yeah, absolutely so i'm curious with some of this it's like i I imagine there's a tiny bit of overlap with the moms but i also imagine that it's completely different at the same time so what are some of the things that y'all do in these classes with the moms
2: yeah so for moms we're going to do more of uh you know what's what's delivery gonna be like so we're walking our our medical professionals are walking them through like what to expect in that moment you know I I grew up in a family where like literally my aunts their births were recorded so as as a young kid I was watching all of my family have babies very strange Probably not healthy. we, but we got. We have that. Our little fine. girl has. Yeah.
0: She says, "I want to see brother be born. I want to see me that's be right. born." Yeah. <laughs> so.
1: yeah,
2: and so it's a, and also grew up on a farm where I was seeing you know animals be born. It was just a natural part of our yeah. of our upbringing in life. But a lot of our patients, they don't know what that. They don't have a clue. And so we're trying to prepare them for what to expect when you start feeling the contractions, when you know when the water breaks, when you might need to call the emergency room, we whatever when you need to go to your OB. Those type things, and then and then just walking through how to uh, how to quiet a baby, how to how to get them to calm down. If it's if it's not a if their diaper's clean and they they're full, uh, and it's not like a, I'm hurting cry, but you know how to distinguish between those things. Where we're also talking them through be, because some of these these folks don't have a frame of reference for what what parenting a, a, a newborn is like. You know we're trying to get them to understand like the the baby isn't out to get you it it doesn't have something against you that's not why it's screaming or or upset it's just that's the only way it knows how to communicate so even very uh what what some would say we take for granted in in kind of raising children we're trying to walk them through like hey these are the things that that you may uh find and need to be prepared for how to how to put a car seat in a car how to uh where to find formula if you need formula how to you know the, the process of breastfeeding uh those type things and then on the back side of that where the mentoring aspect of it is is going to be more discipleship that's going to look a little bit different uh you know for some it's going through a bible study for some it's just letting them uh you know vent and, and to talk through their their problems uh you know at times we've helped plan weddings we've attended weddings we've uh, you know, it, It's just a really trying to build those relationships and let it just grow from, uh, from there. And, and uh, we feed them at every, at every meeting. Um, we let them take a bunch of food home if, if they need to and if there's leftovers. And so there's always that process. And then the baby shower, obviously, is a, is a huge aspect of that because we want to make sure that, you know, for many of our patients, they've received seconds and thirds their entire life. And so we want to give them the first. We want to give them brand new items, a brand yeah. new car seat, a brand new pack and play uh, so that they um, they know that that those big ticket items are going to be taken care of. Yeah. Uh, because the reality is for many of our patients, not all, but for many of them, this may be the only baby shower they get. and uh, and and so we want to make sure that when they walk away from that baby shower, they have the things that that they need.
0: That's cool do you all like i know you said that some of the guys are like oh can i stick around afterwards um after my baby's born but is there like um you talked about some postpartum care too what does that look like
2: right yeah so what we found i mean i am i may be speaking out of turn here but the i believe it's a little bit different after you know we our last child was four years ago almost five years ago uh, but I think the postpartum follow-up now is is very minimal with, with an OB yeah. I mean, it, it is, it is not, uh, and, and that's not a knock on OBs that, that is, they're just, they're busy. And, and we have, you know, we have a number of factors that go into that. But what we found was we were having, uh, we actually had a, a a doctor reach out and say, Hey, this is something I'd love to partner with you in. And so now we offer that and we're able to do a more follow-up, Hey, how are you doing? You know, what, what kind of, are you going through some emotions right now that, that you can't really explain? And and uh, that's another thing we talk to the guys about to be, to be watching for those things uh, and know, Hey, she, your girl may not be angry at you. It may be some things that are happening that she doesn't even know how to explain. And so that's really been cool to see. And we let them, we have childcare available. We let them come and, and, and be a part of that. Uh, even with their baby so that they can just come and have conversations with with other people that are going through similar things but also with a medical professional that can walk them through hey this is why your body's doing this and this is why you feel this way and uh and just having that someone to talk to is has been has been huge and we have a couple people on staff that have dealt with postpartum depression and so they can speak directly to what that's like um and and so we want to make sure that we're we're doing everything that we can, you know, a lot of people will say, Oh, y'all are just pro baby. You don't care about after baby's born, which is, you know, nonsense. Um, we're, we're certainly unapologetically pro baby, but, but we, uh, we do a ton, uh, with and, and work with folks after baby is born and we're actually, uh, in the process of rolling out something right now, uh, uh, with a church in town. That's kind of our, our beginning phase. And we, we hope to, uh, to duplicate what we're doing with them. And and I'll have more information to share hopefully in the coming months. But what they're gonna do is kind of come alongside what our classes do are more first time moms. Uh, What they're hoping to do is second and third time moms. So to step in after, I say now they're having their second kid uh, to rally around them and help them and get them plugged into a church and those type things. So we're, we're trying to extend as much as we can and, and to us, Extension is partnering with folks in the community that can help make that happen and no place better than the church.
0: That's right.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay.
0: So, in, I mean, you've kind of talked about this in broad terms, but just like really specifically, can you like um, put to words what the vision of Hope Resource Center is?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, our mission statement is empowering healthy choices for life by providing compassionate, holistic, reproductive health care. Uh, but the best way to sum that up is we're a medical clinic that loves Jesus. And so we have three nurse practitioners on staff. We have four nurses on staff. We have volunteer nurses. Uh, and so we have a medical executive committee made up of OBs and family physicians that oversee everything that we do. Uh, and, and so it's interesting. As culture says, pregnancy centers are fake clinics. And, you know, they don't really love women, and, and <laughs> which is just uh, I'm the only guy on staff. And so to to say that Hope Resource Center doesn't love women is just crazy to me. Looks like to me they'd hire a lot less women if if we didn't love women. But um, but we are our goal. Obviously, we are uh, we are for and and championing the nuclear family. Uh, We're for and and championing the the gospel uh, of our Lord. Uh, And we want to encourage and and foster environments that are going to uh, allow these moms to flourish. So as culture says, you, you can't have your baby and your dreams, and it pits the baby and the mom's future against each other,
0: mm-hmm.
2: we come in and say, no, you can have your baby and your dreams. They're not at they're not at odds at each other. Uh, and, and so we've seen, we've seen folks come to us because we're so close to campus. We've seen folks come to us and they go in and finish their bachelor's. They go in and, and, you know, we have attorneys, we have nurses, and then we have folks that don't go to college and choose a different path. And so the reality is unplanned pregnancy doesn't discriminate. It's gonna affect everybody from every walk of life. And so all we wanna do is create an environment where these moms know that they can flourish and that they have a support system. Oftentimes when these unplanned pregnancies happen, all they see is the right now. I'm scared, I don't have the funds, my my family's not gonna support me. And so if we can get them to see Two years down the road, three years down the road. I had a conversation with a guy one time and I said, man five years from now you'll be out of school, you'll be in the military a good job because he told me kind of his plans and I said, you're gonna be walking your son or daughter to kindergarten. I said, so so get out of right now what you're seeing right now that that's scared. I'm a young dude in, in uh, you know as a freshman in college or sophomore in college and think down the road and I know that's difficult. And and so what we try to do is just uh, build those relationships and and love on these folks and show them there's a different path, Uh, even down to our facilities. I mean, we, we care deeply about what these folks are walking into. So it's clean. It's, it's uh, uplifting. Uh, You know, if you, if you've seen, I've done a number of interviews over the last month or so with local media. And when they run B-roll, uh, which is just kind of while somebody's talking, they're just running footage of exam rooms. And, and I did one interview and I thought the interview went great. And then I had to go on social media and clarify because all the B-roll was of another clinic and it was hideous and didn't look welcoming. And hmm. I was like, that's not who we are. That's not our building. Um, and, and when you see the, when you see the interior of an abortion clinic match with the interior of our clinic, the difference is stark. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there's a purpose behind that. And, and so, uh, so I, I, we just, we just care deeply about these folks facing unplanned pregnancies and, and there's no getting around that, That is that is who we are. We want to be, uh, we want to give them a, a shoulder to cry on, a, 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 an ear that will listen, but also medical professionals that are going to be able to tell them the honest truth of what's, what's going on and, and what abortion is. And, uh, that they can, they can make a choice for life, and uh, and they're not going to have to do it alone, and um, and we'll walk with them in that process, and uh, and I think sometimes, especially in those parenting classes, it's it's cool to because they look around the room and they go, up until this moment, I thought I was the only one in this boat, and I'm not, and there's other people that have done this and and uh, have come out on the other side. And they're okay. I mean, we we have staff members that have been adopted, that that have gone through that, hmm. um, and and so it's just a a chance for us to to have those relationships and again point these these folks to a greater truth that their their identity is is wrapped up in so much more than their current situation or their past addiction or their abusive relationship. That their identity is wrapped up in a God that loves them, and it's intrinsic. Um, and we want to get we want them to understand that.
0: It's good that's encouraging so
1: yeah absolutely I think uh uh, that's awesome
0: do you have any I I know you need to probably keep people's privacy and HIPAA and stuff like that but I'm wondering if you have any kind of encouraging stories that you can share with us
2: yeah I mean I think uh there's there's a few we we've had over the years we've had uh you know, we, we had a patient come to us that was a student at UT and uh, had a loving family but was believing the lie, you know. If, if, well, if I tell my – she knew she was pregnant and was not in a great relationship. Uh, her boyfriend uh, at the time said, uh, here's a thousand bucks, go take care of this pregnancy. And we know what that means. That's not, hey, go buy some diapers. That's go go in the pregnancy. Hmm. And, and but she was believing the lie that if I tell my parents they're gonna they're gonna disown me so she refused to tell you know some of that those folks anybody that she talked to about it was very negative uh oh no you know how are you going to finish nursing school how are you going to do this how are you going to do that and her birthday was coming up and so she the way she tells it is I um I gave myself a birthday present and I went to Hope Resource Center just to do an ultrasound Um, you know because I I thought why not why I, I need to see what's happening and she she laid on the exam table and as our nurse started doing the ultrasound our nurse said when the image popped on the screen congratulations and and that patient said that was the first positive thing anyone said to me about this pregnancy so everyone around her was piling on. You know, she was already dealing with the weight of, I, I'm dealing with a pregnancy that, that wasn't planned. And then everyone's piling on. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. What do you, what, how are you going to tell your parents, all this stuff? And our nurse simply said, congratulations, because this is a life and we celebrate life yeah. in, in our building. And uh, she said that word changed everything for her. She knew right in that moment, I'm going to have this baby. She went and told her parents they loved her well. Uh, her little girl now is uh, I think in first grade uh, cool. she went on to be a nurse she's volunteering at a pregnancy center in a, in another area and she recently got married she's had another kid uh, and and so these are these are stories that that we tell we have uh, a number of those we we had a, a patient that was she's from another country they they came here and, and ended up in in Knoxville was told all while growing up that she had some kind of condition that uh, would almost, uh, the likelihood of an ectopic pregnancy was very high for her mm-hmm. uh, and she found herself pregnant, came to Hope, was served well, loved well in that situation. We, we were able to assure her the baby uh, or the pregnancy was okay at that moment, connected her to an OB uh, and, and you know they went on to choose life for that child. But look, you know, I could tell all these stories that, are, that end in very happy endings. That, that's not always the case. Yeah. And so it's the same way when people say, well, I'm pro-life because, you know, Tim Tebow's mom uh, was told to have an abortion. And, and look at all Tim Tebow has done yeah. And you know because his mom chose life. And that's a true story. But, but we're, we're pro-life and believe life has value because the, the creator that created life.
0: And so the yes. kids
2: that are in state custody, the kids that are in foster care, the kids that, that are have been adopted, uh, the, they, they have just as much value as any mm. other any other child. And so we want to make sure that that is known too. We have some patients that, that are in very difficult situations that are battling addiction, that are in abusive relationships. Uh, we have patients that, that have chosen adoption because they know in that moment in time, um, they want what's best for their kid. And in that moment, they don't believe them being the the parent at that time raising the kid may be the best and so they choose adoption and and the way adoption works in in most cases nowadays is very open and so birth mom has a lot of power and, and um uh, and and uh, is able to continue to have a relationship with that child moving forward but but if I sat here and said all of them are amazing stories yeah uh, or everybody that everybody that came to us uh, chooses life. I would be lying to you. Mm. There, there are certainly people that walk out of our building and choose abortion, um, and and it breaks our heart. Uh, but we don't uh, we don't stop following up with them. We don't stop loving them in, in that moment. One thing that I I say often is is Jesus went to the cross for us on our worst day, uh, and so we need to hear that message. Uh, that's for those that have, that have are, that are post-aborted. Uh, that's for us. I mean, Paul would say he was the chief of sinners. Um, you know, so Jesus went to us on our worst day for us on our worst day. And, and, uh, and so I would, there's a a ton of amazing stories. Uh, but also there's a lot of heavy stories, a lot of folks that come in and are pregnant and they're not excited about it. Um, but the, the support system that comes alongside of them can take that, uh, uneasy nervousness and anxiety to a place of, I think I can do this. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean there won't be tears it doesn't mean it's not it's not going to be uh difficult because it certainly uh, will be difficult but uh but man there, you know one of the beautiful things that, that i love about what we do is those moments where we have morning meetings uh every day and we talk about you know what was yesterday like was there any anything we need to pray about and and what i love is when uh one of the nurses is like i saw twins today you know, and so, so think about it. unplanned pregnancy and you're having two. So yeah. it's not, it's not even like, uh, hey, you know, and, and we got a dude in dad's class right now that he's about to be a dad of two, you know, they're about to have twins. So, um, so we try to like encourage them in those moments and know that that's difficult. And, and so then we're like, you're getting two car seats, you're getting, you know, you're getting two of everything. And, and so, um, but, but also it, it's what I love is, we believe that every, every human bears the image of God. And so that's going to require something of us. And so whether that be the mom, the unborn baby, the dad that's involved, the, the grandma that's involved, or, uh, or whoever uh, is involved, you know, we want to step into those hard situations. Um, and and that's, what, that's what living the gospel-centered uh, life is. And, and, you know, again, I said earlier, it's easy. It's easy to scream on social media. It's easy to run to our political corners. Uh, it's much harder to to get into the water when somebody's drowning. It's just it's just harder, yeah. You know, and 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 it's easy from to stand on the shore and just yell things at them. It's a lot harder to get in and, and try to walk with them through the mess. Um, and and it is it's messy and and it's. Uh, I get to go around and do things like this and talk about it, but, but our staff, uh, man, they, they are the, uh, they're the real heroes. They, they are, you know, walking in the messiness every single day, um, and, and doing that willingly and with compassion and with love and with a focus on the Holy Spirit moving in those situations and, and pointing people to the, the truth of the gospel, uh, it's, there's nothing like it that's why when when I hear folks attack pregnancy centers I get fired up because they just have no idea they have no idea and th- you know they have no idea what's happening in those exam rooms and the compassion that's there uh, and the love that's being shown and people going out of their way and, and spending uh exorbitant amount of hours you know taking care of folks uh, it's just there, there's nothing like it And and so when we talk about the work of pregnancy centers uh, and we talk about our pro-life ethic. Uh, it's so much more than, than, a, uh, a vote or a political stance. It's certainly that that's part of it. Uh, but, but if it's not, if it's not moving you to action, uh, then I would simply say, you know, lean into God and, and see what, where that conviction is going to come from, because, uh, that's where we see trajectory change. Yeah. You know, we, we got Roe overturned. But but now we we are the desire and the 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 move is okay we we got abortion sent back to the states and Tennessee has has done the right thing, but now we got to get to a place where abortion is unthinkable, where it's yeah. undesirable, where it's unwanted. So how do we do that? How do we how do we have those conversations with folks? Um, and and that's where the you know it, it that's where the church that's where we. You know, people have been asking, so what do we do now? I'm like, well, first off, we've been fighting for this for 50 years. So if we're having the question, like, what do we do now? We, we, we got a problem. Hopefully we've been thinking through that. Uh, but the church is fostering, adopting, doing doing more service than anybody. All we need to do now is turn the volume up. Just put our foot on the accelerator and, and let's let's get after it. Because there are still people in need. There are moms in need. Uh, there are babies in need and so how are we going to create environments that are going to allow families to flourish, moms to flourish, fathers to flourish and these babies to flourish uh, and that's going to require us to get out of our comfort zone and, and to uh, have conversations with people we may not want to have and, and uh, maybe to, to spend some money that that could have went to a vacation but it may go over here to help a family get, get some of the things that they need get their uh, help them get on their feet. You know, there's, there's a number of things, maybe it's time for our families to expand and we're going to foster, we're going to adopt, maybe we're going to provide respite, uh, for families that are fostering. And so we're just going to give them a weekend to go enjoy themselves. We're going to take care of their child. You know, there's, there's a number of things that we can do, but we, uh, that's where that needs to be led by the church. Uh, it's been being led by the church. It's just, again, we just need to turn the volume up.
0: That's good. And you know, you're kind of hitting on some applications, how people can get involved. Um, is there any specific needs or ways to get involved with HOPE specifically?
2: Yeah, I would, I would say go to our website, investinghope.com. Uh, you can learn about you know everything that we do there. Um, but also, if, you, if you're interested in volunteering, if you're interested in connecting in any way, uh, Megan Matthews oversees our volunteers and parenting class and those type things. And her email is megan at knoxvillehope.com and just shoot her an email and uh, and she'd love to get you connected in, in some shape, form or fashion. Uh, we have churches that will sponsor baby showers and, and so there's a number of things that, uh, that a church can do as a whole. For some it's like, look, I'm not ready to mentor but uh, but I'd love to, you know, wrap gifts or make food for a class. Um, you know, or, or for some it's like, I, I, you know, I'm a guy and I've been kind of wondering how do I get involved and, and I could come sit with other guys and and talk about being a dad talk about being a husband uh and and so that's a great way uh to get I think because a lot of dudes are like you know after Roe was overturned I had a lot of men reach out to me like hey I can come like be armed in your parking lot and protect the building I'm like well I appreciate that but uh let's channel that energy somewhere else we we have cops we have folks that are taking care of us uh, and, and I get it they were trying to they were like this is our moment you know this is our moment to uh, to step up and, and do something for the pregnancy center uh, but that's what dad's class that's such a great opportunity for guys to say "Hey, I can do that I can you know I, I'm, a, I'm a retired granddad and I can come and, and kind of walk with them through that or I'm right in the thick of it and I just maybe I need community and I want to I want to come and, and be a part of that too we would love uh, to see that, or you're listening to this, and you're a you're a business owner, and you're like, we'd love to host the dads' flats and and talk to them about something practical that that they can take away. So, uh, whatever that looks like, we just want to make sure that we're engaging um, the men and women that are, that are finding their way to hope and um, and point them to the truth of the scripture and uh, and really to show them that uh, they have intrinsic value. I was reading a book earlier today, and it and it was talking about. Uh, feminism, in particular, I know this is kind of off topic, but it was talking about feminism and the different waves, and the the current wave that we're seeing is really about stripping down identity completely. And and yeah. so when you do that, you take away what Scripture says of our identity that that we were created in His image, and and so that matters to us. And and if we lose that, we lose everything. We lose. We lose the abortion battle, we lose the race battle, we lose the, you name it, the doctor assisted suicide, we lose all of it because we've taken away the intrinsic value that life That's brings. Right. Um, and, and it all goes back to, to that. And so uh, it's such a great opportunity and, and we would encourage folks if, if they have an interest in getting involved uh, to join us.
0: Yeah, thank you is there i mean just kind of wrapping up things is there anything else that you are like oh i wish i would have said that or anything that you kind of want to leave us with
2: yeah i would i would just say that uh you know i again it is it is it's hard to love people uh you know i I mentioned earlier that we have all these animals it's easy to love them because you know hamlet's like you just keep feeding me i love you you know uh they don't talk back they listen um it's hard to love people especially strangers uh you know and 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 so this is an opportunity if we believe that every human bears the image of god then that includes those in the womb as we see in psalm 139 we were knitted together on the mother's womb as we see in the interaction between elizabeth and mary when when they enter the room and jesus and john the baptist are interacting as unborn children right in that moment we know that life <clears throat> has value in the womb uh, but if we believe that that people bear the image of God then that requires something of us and uh it's not easy but man is it worth it it, it is it is so worth it and um and, and I would also say if you're listening to this and, and you're post supportive. Uh, again the, the cross is for you the gospel message is for you
0: good.
2: Uh, don't carry don't carry that weight and that burden alone um, there is freedom and and uh, I know that's hard I know sometimes these topics are, are difficult but but we're not going to run away from difficult topics because it, they make us uncomfortable um, and so I would just say that that uh, that the gospel is for you you know every time I go speak anywhere there's men, In their fifties and sixties and seventies, they come up to me with their lip quivering and they've never told anyone that they drove someone to an abortion clinic or paid for their granddaughter's abortion. And they're they're still carrying the weight of that. Um, and I would simply say that, you know, if we believe the gospel to be true, you don't have to carry that weight anymore. And uh and you need to have conversations with folks and and uh, and go to the Lord repent and, and just like with, with anything that we, that we go through and so if you're listening to this and that's you and you're like you know I, I'm post abortive and, and these topics are difficult uh, we know that and uh, and there's, there's some amazing truth for you in the scriptures and there's freedom at Calvary and uh, amen to that because all yeah. of us need that mm. uh, because again he went to the cross for us on our worst day and we've all had those worst days mm. uh, for sure
0: that's
1: good. Yeah. Well, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate your, um, uh, focus on identity and how God made us and that hope resource. And, um, uh, yeah, I really thankful for what Hope's doing. And, um,
0: yeah. And we appreciate you taking the time out of your evening to come and talk with us too. Oh, glad to.
2: So. No, glad to, glad yeah. to do it. It's, uh, he, he always, always say that anytime I get to talk about life and hope, um, I'm going to say yes. And so, so that's the, uh, this is, this is the, uh, I hesitate to even say the issue, but this is the, the hill that our family has said, we're going to climb up this hill and stake our flag and, and tell people about the truths of, of life. And, um, and we're prepared to do that in any way possible. And, and so I'm grateful for the opportunity, grateful for churches that are willing to speak on the hard things. Um, in a time where that is discouraged. And so thank y'all for being willing to talk about uh, the hard things and, and I'll just say the Knoxville church community uh, is, is willing to do that. And we're grateful, uh, we're grateful to partner with the churches that we partner with and, and to be able to talk about these, uh, these hard but much needed topics uh, in, our, in our culture and in our churches. And so thank y'all for what you're doing. Thank you for your support of Hope Resource Center and, and we look forward to uh, future partnerships moving forward.
1: Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families.
0: Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events.
1: We look forward to seeing you all next time.